Good morning, church. Hello. I love spring. Take away winter, but give me spring. Because spring, you look at the weather, you look at the trees, the flowers are all smiling. The birds are singing. The flies are looking for food now. The Moses are walking up. <laughs> it's like everything has just risen to life. But spring is the best season for me. If you told me to choose among the four seasons, I'll go for the spring season. Thank you so much for those of us visiting, visiting this morning. My name is Fred I'm Gambi. And we are glad to have you as a part of the service this morning. If, you, if you're in Kerrang and you've just moved to Kerrang, this probably should be your best place to worship every Sunday. <laughs> you're most welcome. But if you're visiting from a different church, please send back our greetings to your church and tell them how Kerrang is one of the best cities in Australia. Thank you so much. If you brought your Bible this morning, I'd like you to turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. And today we begin a new series called Walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus. You know, at the end of every year, most people are looking for holidays. Whether they're students, people working like Brooke, they already even have a calendar holiday to go away. But I think the greatest thing for most of us is, do we actually sit down and analyze, reflect on our walk with Christ? Do you ever sit down and think about your walk with Jesus Christ? Because I want to believe that the hardest time for the church is when people are tired. Because there are things that demand our attention. Maybe there are children that you can't avoid. Maybe it's food you can't avoid. Maybe it's your boss you cannot annoy because he's watching. But sometimes we forget that Christ is actually watching us. And, and we say, you know what, I'll pray tomorrow. It's okay, I'm tired today. It's okay, I'll go to church next week. I'll just rest today. It's okay. I'll sing next time when I'm able to sing because I'm tired. So my prayer is even as we go through this series that, that I pray that your journey with Christ, your walk with Christ will be more refreshing than boring. When I was about seven, eight years old. 
My mom used to go me to many places. I was like this young man that he would walk with me everywhere. But many times through that walk, after a few meters or kilometers so, I'll start crying. And before it was joy, I would easily become a burden for my mother because she had to lift me even if she's carrying something else. And just, I think it was the day before I was sharing with my wife how one day, those days back in, uh, I think it's 80s, we, had, we used to have buses in the city. They don't wait for anybody. They used to come five seconds or 10 seconds at most, you have to be inside the bus. If you delay the conductor, the driver is not looking at the left side mirror. The driver will be looking at the right mirror to check back to the road. And I remember one day I was about, about seven. My mother was carrying this huge bag on her head. And this tiny young boy is being carried. And my mother would first throw the bag in the bus and then try and get this young man. And one day she threw the bag in the bus and the bus was taking off. And my mother was yelling and, and people were shouting the driver to stop. And that image has never left my eyes. So in those times when you're tired, in the journey, in your walk, reflect. Does it bring nourishment and encouragement for your faith or does it kill your journey? As we're going to look today, our theme today is our true spiritual rest that Christ is talking about. Our true spiritual rest. Like I've said, sometimes rest is not for, for your health. Rest can be dangerous if you're going to sit, your sit yourself in the house with no fellowship, with no friends around you, with the Uber deliveries alone in the house. It can kill you. Our society, our society today is struggling. And the doctors can tell you that the mental illnesses, not only in Australia but around the world, mental illnesses have become a problem because the rest which was meant to make us refreshed, the rest has become a pain and a burden and a disease to us. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said that come to me all, not, not some. He's saying come to you all, all who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me. I want to remind us that rest can mean different things to different people. And for some of us, rest is when your family, friends will be giving your tributes when you're not listening. For some people, that is rest. When you're all gone and people are saying how you're so sweet very a people's person, supportive everywhere, somebody who loved God and you're there. And some of us rest, you've had a hard time at school, like some of my friends here, every day Week you're in a classroom, subjects and assessments and assignments, and you God can have the rest. I can sit and enjoy my time without looking at the books. And for some people, rest could be just a mom with three young kids. When they're sleeping at night, you're watching them and you're asking God. When will it be that these young people can be independent, working, and I can just have my sleep at night without thinking about who is waking up, who is wet, who is hungry, who is not feeling well? And for some, rest is tablets. The people, 50% of their income goes to tablets. When they walk into the pharmacy shop, the pharmacists know them. They even know the tablets you collect every month. And every time you sit down and telling God, when can I rest from these things? That you give me healing that I can, I can be free of tablets and just have a meal like any other person without thinking about gluten-free or whatever free, I can just eat my meal without anything else. That's rest for some of us. And for some people, you're in a relationship that is tough, that every day you walk home, you're worried. Your home has never has stopped being a home. The person that God gave you to make the burden easier has even become a burden himself or herself. 
Sometimes it could be a spouse, or sometimes it could be the children in the family who have become, instead of being a blessing, they have become a burden at home. And as a parent, you raise up your hands every night and telling God, just give me rest. Give me rest. That my children will be a blessing at home. That when I, hope, when I go home, I want my children to hug me and embrace me and help me in my journey. Today we'll be looking, we focus on three areas in this chapter. Because we are the disciples of Jesus, we see what were they expecting when they saw Jesus. What did Jesus offer them at that time? And what kind of rest are we expecting from Christ? Because your rest may not necessarily be my rest. I'm not looking forward for the other rest in heaven yet yet. I know one day it will come, but I'm not ready <laughs> for the other rest. I feel I still have so many other years ahead of me. But I'm telling God, if I can rest from paying bills. You know, those, those days you, you see how some people paying mortgage is not even a problem certain things, you know. So is there Jesus? Sorry. He said, Jesus not go around announcing that I am the Messiah. In fact, he forbade the demons he had cast out those possessed to confess that he was Christ. He says that as they called him, you are the son, but he rebuked them and did not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. When I was reading this scripture, I was asking myself, why would Jesus stop people, even the spirits, from saying you are the Messiah? And I realized that Christ, being the Messiah, not everybody had the same expectation. And like I've been saying, that some were expecting Jesus for different reasons. We had the some of the Jews that were expecting Jesus to come and deliver them. From the hands of the colonizers, the Romans. We had people that were looking for a special kingdom, a special government that were looking for a Messiah who can come and deliver them. So the word Messiah meant different things for different people. So when some of these spirits were referring to Jesus as the Messiah, Christ knew 
probably the expectation is not the same as what Christ was coming to do. He goes ahead and says, like, uh, like Peter, when Peter replied to Jesus, direct question, who do you say that I am? Peter responded and said that you are the Messiah. And Jesus strictly commanded the disciples to, to tell no one that he was the Messiah. Because you were bombarded by people that are expecting different rest from what he was offering at that particular time. So different people have different expectations from the Messiah. And I've said we all walk with Christ. We all come to Christ. We all pray. But your rest may not necessarily be my rest. The challenges you carry... As a Christian, they are not the same challenges I carry as a Christian. Your struggles, the storms that come around you, the challenges that give you sleepless nights are not the same storms, are not the same challenges that I face in my family. The things that derail me, the things that give me tireless nights, the things that destroy my life, are not necessarily the things that you're, you're struggling with. For example, in Matthew 11, when John who was in prison heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he went I mean, he sent his disciples to ask, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? What a question. Somebody who's been going around and saying, who is coming behind me has bigger shoes than mine. He is the one. And now he's telling his disciples to go and ask, are you the one or someone else is coming? This is the same John in other passages, like John 1, 2, 29, 36, clearly state that Jesus is the Messiah. Let's see how Jesus explained to him then how, then this is how we can, we can explain this present doubt. Could it be that John himself had misunderstood the ministry of the Messiah? Or perhaps he thought that if Jesus were really the Messiah, he would perform works connected with the political deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Romans. Or at least deliver him from prison. We can see clearly that many of those who walked with Jesus had different expectations from what he was offering. Many of those had different expectations. 
And you can see when Jesus answered the question of the imprisoned John the Baptist, the question of, are you the one or do we look for another? Jesus directs him to the proofs of his messianic claims, his teachings, and his works. In other words, Jesus is telling the disciples and John the Baptist that the people that need rest are receiving rest. The people that I'm reaching out to that needed healing, the people that needed the revelation, the people that needed deliverance are receiving deliverance. That if you saw, you've seen people being healed. If you saw them, you've seen people being delivered. If you saw them, that you've seen people that need rest are receiving the rest. That if you're not satisfied with what you saw, you can go and read the whole that of that chapter. He says, then why did you go to the wilderness to see? What is it that you guys were doing and watching? Because the people that needed rest are receiving rest. You can see the healing. You can see the blind see. You can see that people that have not even walked, walking. People that have been tired in the wheelchairs. People that are saying, God, I've been tired in my wheelchair. You can see them watch, walking. People that have been blind for years. I've been praying, God, I'm tired. I can't see. You can see them see. And still you're asking me, are you the one or someone else is coming? Do we sometimes ask the same questions? We ask the same questions. That God, if you are there, because my expectations are not being met, does not change who Christ is. I've been having a knee problem for a few months. And Max is laughing because I was talking to Max about it. I've had x-rays. I've had MRIs. I've seen specialists. But the knee is still hurting. I've been praying. But it doesn't change that Christ is a healer. It does not change my prayer life. It doesn't change my commitment to him. It does not change my walk with Christ. My prayer today that the rest you're looking for will be aligned with the rest that Christ is offering you. That your, your true rest will be aligned with the true Christ, with the true rest that Christ is offering each one of us. Is it possible that John made a mistake? Distinction between the coming one and Christ the Messiah. Is it a mistake? We may see the same mistakes, especially when we start to feel tired in our expectations, which can happen to any of us. 
When you've been praying for something, you've been praying for something, and it's not happening, you get tired. You get tired. It can happen to you. It can happen to me. It can happen to you. But the true rest is in Christ. When I was preparing this message, I was thinking about marriage. I like talking about marriage. And I'm not nothing against people who are single. Um, I'll just refer to it because I have a lot of experience from marriage. Uh, so, when we got married, the first, the first few months, she had expectations. I had expectations, but none of us knew the expectations. And when she made the first meal, because in my mind, I was thinking about my mother's meals. And she was trying to do what they do in their home. So the meal was not really like what we're so used to. It was different. The food was different. And you know, when you're newly married, you, you, you don't want to raise issues of food because you don't want to make somebody angry, disappointed. After they've made, created all this time, and they've created this special meal for you to come home and just celebrate. But the first thing you're walking home, it's a lovely meal, but it's not what you were expecting. Like, whoa. So you, 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 you pretend, sort of, you, you, you're enjoying it, but you're, you're struggling to enjoy the meal. <laughs> Congratulations, Jason and uh, Tasha. You get there one day. You understand. <laughs> Expectations do not agree. And the, the, the challenge is most of those expectations are not written anywhere and has, have not been communicated anywhere. Because it's, it's assumed, and she assumes. And it took so many, probably years, for us to grow into a place now we can talk about a lot of stuff. Like, oh, maybe that, that's not what I would want to, that's not what I want to do. So we had to work around to improve the communication. But it takes walking together. Walking together. And my prayer today, that your journey with Christ, your walk with Christ will help you to understand what is it that Christ is expecting from me? What is it that Christ is offering me? And what, I, what is it that I can offer him? Because when you understand what Christ is offering you, when you see what Christ is offering you, the relationship grows. The relationship becomes better. But if your relationship and your walk is parallel, if you're not walking in the same direction, if you're not walking together with Christ, every time you'll be frustrated. 
every time you were frustrated because you went home you thought the other person was there to have made supper and she is waiting for you to have gone home and prepared a meal and both of you come home late there's no food at home and you cannot fight the other person or you cannot complain because the other person was working and yourself you're working at that particular stage as I finish I want to just quickly give you Two quick things, and then I finish. The first one is that we find the true rest when we allow the Lord to take charge. We find true rest when we allow the Lord to take charge. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Remember, this nation is your people. They already replied that my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. You see, Moses knew that he was capable. Moses had the skills. But Moses knew that unless the Lord himself takes charge of these people. And that's why Moses is telling God, that unless your presence comes with us, unless you come with us, I'm not going. But sometimes I find it so challenging for us leaders in the churches, as Christians, we, we forget that we need Christ to join with us in some of the things we do. Even praying for direction and asking God, how do we do this thing? And asking for the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and dedicate this thing to Christ. So I can do that. That's too easy. Moses dedicated this journey to Christ. While John was in prison, some of the disciples going back to him for support and spiritual counsel. No wonder we see him sending them back to confirm, are you coming? And, and sometimes we do like John. You take the back seat, you allow me to do. The same disciples who are meant to talking to Jesus are going back to John. John has Stepped back. Christ has moved in, but they're still going back to John. But I'm saying as, as leaders, as people, when we say that Christ is in control, Christ is in charge, let us allow him to be in charge. Let us allow him to take control of our lives. If you and I have committed ourselves, and you're saying, Lord, you are my Lord, that I've surrendered my life to you. Let it be a true surrender. Let it be a true surrender.
The second thing quickly, that our true rest is in the revelation of the Son of God. I think the hardest thing for this guy, the struggle with whether this was actually the Messiah, some of them. And now I understand why Christ did not just come and say, come, I am the he, the Messiah, follow me. Because he knew these people have different expectations. They don't understand why I'm here. And he wanted to walk with them slowly. He wanted to journey with them for them to experience how or what it means to walk with the Messiah. He wanted them to see. And one of the things I've learned in my Christian walk is that when you experience, live alone being told, when you experience the revelation yourself, your life can never be the same again. Because that is experience. It's not something that someone is telling you. It is experience yourself that you carry in your own, for your own. And my prayer is that may each one of us, may all of us experience the liberation of Christ. It says in verse 25 to 26 of Matthew chapter 11, at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord, Jesus, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have not hidden these things from the wise and the land and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. So those of us who call ourselves as the leading theologians or leading Whoever and whoever, those things may not be revealed to you because these things are revealed to us through the Holy Spirit as we walk with him. It's not on Google. You can Google. You'll not get the revelation. You can go on YouTube. You'll not get the revelation. It's your journey with Christ is your walk with Christ, that as you walk with him each and every day, that he'll take you through slowly, like the Samaritan woman. He didn't just walk to that well and say, you know what, you know who you're talking to today, madam? You're talking to the king of kings. You're talking to the son of David. You know, you're talking to the son of God. Jesus walks to this lady and just asks for simple water. And I'm glad this lady, she sat down and listened slowly to Jesus. And they had this, as they spent time together, Christ slowly explains to this lady his journey. And the lady goes like, are you the are you the so and so? I like those kind of things. You know, we, we like Facebook where we show our things. We tell people, look at the car I'm driving now. Look at, look at the house that I'm putting. It, it's good, but sometimes it can be ugly for some people. 
But when you join with the people and people see where you've come from, because some people may see your house on Facebook today, but they don't know the journey where that house came from. Some people may see the car you're driving today. That Ferrari, $500,000 car. But they don't know the journey you've come from that you've just posted on Facebook. There's a lot of young people now that have gone for you for TikTok. You know now they believe that you know you just need a million viewers. And you'll be set. It's good. But some of the people that have a million viewers there, they've worked so hard to be there. What I'm saying is the journey brings out the revelation. And the revelation gives us a bit of the experience on how we got there. So my encouragement today that we should not tire. Apostle Paul said that I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and the participation in his suffering. Becoming like him in his death. Because Paul knew, even being in prison, even the challenges that he was going through, that knowing Christ and his power cannot change. His worship cannot change his relationship with Christ, cannot change his connection with Christ, cannot change his walk with Christ. And I want to believe that none of us here today can claim they can fully understand Jesus. But as we walk with him, we experience his revelation. The last thing I want to share is that our rest will be eternal life. Our rest will be eternal life. And the writer of Hebrews, the writer of the book of Hebrews says, Therefore, since the promise of entering his race still stands, let us be careful that none of you will be found to have fallen short of it. We have a choice to make. We have a choice as we walk with Christ to hold on to our burdens or to take his yoke. And I want to invite the worship team to come back. And as the worship comes back, I want us to stand on our feet. If you can stand up, because your rest is not my rest. For some of us here today, the challenge has been seen. The, the desire to, to, to let go. And you are telling Christ, I want to rest from the sinful life and become more like you. I want to rest from these things I've been doing. It could be things that you've been doing you know. They don't bring glory to God. They don't honor God. They don't help you to enter the eternal rest. Christ is saying, surrender them to me. For some of us, it's family issues. 
that every night you walk home, you're asking God, when, I, when will I have my rest from this? God, when will this end? I'm tired of, of doing the same things, of repeating myself. I'm tired. For some of us, it could be a sickness. The pharmacists know you by name now. That every morning breakfast, there's a heap of tablets that you've been taking. And you're telling Christ, I need rest. As you do that, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will bring his true rest for each one of us today. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this special service today, Father. That many of us are carrying burdens. Whether it's a sickness or sin, it could be anger, unforgiveness. It could be anything. But today you are inviting us, you are inviting us, Lord, to surrender to you, to take your yoke, to allow you to give us a true rest out of those things, Father. And I pray, Lord, that as we leave this place today, that, Father, you, you give us a true rest in our hearts, that none of us can miss out on the eternal rest that you prepared for us. That we'll forge on, we'll move on, we'll walk on, we'll march on forward until we get to the eternal rest place for us all. Thank you, Jesus.